Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, everybody, it's Dan. This is an emergency edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast uh, in response to the Browns having five new positive tests, including head coach Kevin Stefanski and left guard Joel Batonio. Uh, Kadero Hodge also tested positive. Drew Petzing, the tight ends coach, tested positive, and defensive backs coach Jeff Howard tested positive. Now, uh, I'm talking here at about 1.20 on Tuesday, and we recorded this starting about 12.15 on Tuesday. So, uh, you know, there might be some news between when this posts and when you listen to it or whatever, but that, that's kind of the status of where we're at. We're going to start it off. I talked with Terry Pluto for a little while uh, about the ramifications of all this, and then Mary Kay Cabot jumps on. And she kind of gives us some updates. We talked to her about the ramifications of all this. So that's what you're going to hear on this emergency podcast. Uh, please check out Football Insider if you can, because, you know, I was texting stuff out. I know Ellis texted out some analysis. I believe Scott texted some analysis out, as did Mary Kay. You know, we're on there during all of this breaking news, texting, answering questions, responding to people. Uh, I even pull a question in, into this podcast that a lot of people were asking through our uh, tech subscription service. So check out Football Insider. Go to cleveland.com slash Browns. Click the blue banner at the top of the page uh, to get more information and to get yourself signed up. Okay, on to the emergency podcast. You're going to hear me with Terry Pluto first, and then Mary Kay is going to jump on and talk with us the rest of the way uh, to the end of the pod. So here we go. Okay, and away we go on our emergency podcast. We start with Terry Pluto. Mary Kay Cabot is going to join us shortly. Terry, uh, look, the news today for the Browns is, I mean, honestly, of all the people they could have lost outside of the quarterback, this is where it's really bad. You lose your head coach. Uh, you lose Joel Batonio. I mean, there's a lot of layers to the Joel Batonio thing, but I guess just give me your initial reaction when you kind of saw this news come across that they would be without um, Kevin Stefanski, most importantly. One thing I thought, this is a guy that always wears his mask perfectly. This right. is like Mr. Detail. You know, this is not a guy that, you know, you see some of these coaches in the sidelines. It's like they're wearing their mask until they go to talk somebody and then they take it off. You know, this is a guy that does everything right, you know, by the D and he got the virus anyway. And, you know, already I've got a few emails, emails of only in Cleveland. And I have to admit, I'm halfway through writing this quickie column that's since been posted. And then Joel Batonio and Kadero Hodge, who made two terrific catches in that game. Those two are out. Now, these guys all tested positive. Is that correct, Dan? Yeah. Yeah, so those are positive tests. No shot of any these folks playing. Right. And right. Think, those, those are positives. And I think it's a positive negative or whatever, negative for the Browns. But uh, in terms of uh, this is something, too, you know, Bill Callahan not being there, I think that's huge also. Because Callahan's been a head coach before, and then I'll let you elaborate. And in my, at least in my field division, often he was standing there right next to Stefanski during these games. Yeah, so I, I think, I mean, let's just start here. I think Mike Prefer was, um, do you remember when they had all those false positives in training camp? Yeah. And they had to shut down. So, um if I remember correctly, Mike Prefer was kind of the next man up, but then he also got caught up in those false positives. So it was Bill Callahan <laughs> that kind of ran the show that day. So, um, you know, Mike Prefer has always kind of been that next man up as head coach, but look, there, Kevin Stefanski is the play caller. Yes. He, and, and the way he makes decisions in games yep. is so 
you know, he knows what he wants to do, right? He knows when he wants to go for it on fourth down. He knows all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you lose a lot of things, not just the play calling, but you just lose that rhythm he has with Baker Mayfield as a play caller. You lose a lot of that. Some of it's instinctual. Some of it is probably coming from, you know, the analytics folks. You just lose kind of that stuff that Kevin Stefanski brings on the sideline in game. And to carry that even a step uh, in terms of how valuable he is. I remember when the decision was made to, for him to call plays. I wasn't surprised. I thought he would want to do it. But we've seen it here with Hugh Jackson or with Freddie Kitchens or we can name some other coaches who are trying to call plays and be the head coach. Um, it went crazy. It just would go haywire. See, the, the thing about Kevin not there, he had everything lined up with Callahan and Alex Van Pelt and Joe Woods and, and I'm sure these other assistants so that even when um, – like a tight ends coach was out and then Callie, what's her name? Uh, Callie Brossett. Callie Brownson. Yeah, do that. They had all those things there, but when you take, that's because you had your guy on top there. You take him out and then you take Callahan out. Um, so I guess Van Pell will probably call the place, prefer to be the head coach and special teams coach. Um, Woods is there. I mean, oh. and, and then in the middle of that story, I just grabbed my head with both hands and said, what, <laughs> Joel Petonio? Because I didn't know that when I started writing the quickie column. And even Kaderil Hodge, you know, he made some nice catches in that game. Well, and don't forget Donovan Peoples-Jones is in concussion protocol. Yeah, he got – by the way, why, and a couple of fans asked me this. To, why didn't they get uh, – why wasn't that a helmet to the spine or whatever thing, uh, some kind of a, a penalty for that? I don't, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't even actually had a chance to, to I, rewatch when that. When I first saw it, I thought – that's a cheap shot. And, you know. <laughs> so, so let's get back to um, kind of everything that's swirling here with the, with this okay. team. Heading into Pittsburgh, they're not going to have their head coach. I, you know, you mentioned it. The, the only in Cleveland emails you're getting. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess w- this is going to be day-to-day here. I mean, there's, there's still a lot of days of testing between now and Sunday. But, I, I mean, I, I guess I'll just ask it this way. Is there still a chance the Browns could win this game? I guess maybe. I'll tell you one thing. One thing I would like to hear is Mike Prefer's pregame talk, whenever that is, whether it's Saturday <laughs> or Sunday, you know, the Naval Academy. You will hear one of the greatest run through the wall, plant the flag on top of the mountain. You know, he is known for that. And now John Dorsey told me this when uh, he hired uh, Prefer. We, we, I kind of ran to him casually somewhere. We're talking for a while, and I said – at least you got a special teams coach that, uh, you know, has a decent track record. Cause remember they had the famous Amos Jones before that. And, right. and he said, Oh no, he's good. And he said, I really think one day, and again, it was a, there was no agenda here that he'll become a head coach. So this is the day. Hey, one, yeah. of the, one of the, this is the day the Lord has made rejoice and be glad in it. So there you go. <laughs> he can keep it with that. But I will say this, he does have some leadership uh, skills because I don't think this front office would put him in that spot. And I don't think Dorsey would have said that, you know, otherwise, heck, you go back, you probably better off hiring Mike Prefer than Freddie Kitchens. So uh, that's a good thing. But the problem is the whole system is now turned on its side and they have what four days to put it together. Right. And uh, Alex Van Pelt will be your play caller, um, which again, I, you know, the whole thing, the whole reason this thing has worked to me, especially on the offensive side, is we've seen that Kevin Stefanski Baker Mayfield relationship just mm-hmm. grow. You know, they've they've learned how to work together. Uh, Stefanski has really kind of learned how to use Baker. Baker has kind of learned how to play within this system. We've seen the turnovers drop. We've seen the efficiency increase. All of that, and you know, Alex Van Pelt can hold that play card, and he can make similar plays to what Kevin Stefanski can. But it's still just not – it's not going to be the same. I, I know that's sort of a, maybe an old-school kind of football guy way of putting it, but it's just not going to be the same with Alex Van Pelt doing it as it would have been with Kevin Stefanski doing it. The other thing, Van Pelt did talk about this a few weeks ago. He talked about how the trust built up between Baker and the coaches, you know, and he included himself in that too. And he said, that, and he said also when the player is listening more, and coaches listen more to the player. 
And that's what he, he said happened over the course of the season. And especially, you know, the bye week was the turning point. And I think that's where Baker learned that this is what winning quarterbacks do. And that Van Pelt and Stefanski, especially, were not trying to like take his game away or make him a game manager. They're trying to make him into a winner. And so, you know, that's the unfortunate thing is the momentum they've built up on offense, ending with that play call at the end of the game where um, Stefanski, tremendous faith in Baker, said, I'm going to put the ball in your hands, go run and get the first down after the fumbles the week before where Stefanski was very upset. That goes to what you're saying, the, the, the relationship between the two men. And now Van Pelt, my guess, has a pretty good relationship too, but it's the head coach and the quarterback, it's a special relationship. It just is. I mean, Otto Graham made, you know, whether you want to argue that uh, Otto Graham made Paul Brown or Paul Brown made Otto Graham, the fact is after Otto Graham left, Paul Brown never won a title in Cleveland. You know, they had something special. Belichick and Brady, you know, they, they have that. And, you know, what we were starting to see the beginning here, you know, was with, with Kevin and Baker. Now, what can Kevin do during the week, Dan? He can, do, he can do everything during the week, and that's the important yeah. point to all of this. Um, because they're doing everything virtually, yeah. that doesn't really change his role outside of when they're at practice, he obviously can't be there. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll still be able to watch all that practice tape. He'll still be able to do all that stuff. But he's going to be in every meeting that he well, would when normally will they practice. Aren't they closed today? Yeah, the facility's closed today, but today's a player's day off anyway. It's really just coaches okay. and quarterbacks today anyway. So um, so he can't be at the facility, but he can still be in all these meetings. So he can be a part of the game planning. He can be um, in any meeting he would normally be in. He'll watch the practice film like he normally would. So that's the one positive thing about this year is this isn't like – he's going to be sitting at home while all these meetings are happening at the facility in these meeting rooms. And he's just not going to be there. He's going to, his role really will still be the same outside of being at practice. And also of course on game day, but they're going to have to bring prefer into the inner sanctum here. Right. And, and I don't know who his assistant special teams coach is, but that's a, you probably almost have to turn that thing over to that guy because prefer has got to be prepped up on, all the little details that they're going to be doing. Um, I'm also, well, I'll just bring it out because I'm in a worst case scenario thing now. We don't need Joe Woods to test positive. Well, you know, that that's the thing that we're going to be watching here though. Yeah, it is. Because I mean, like, you know, like I said, it, it's in the coaching staff and, and you know that how this virus is when it gets in a certain area, it, it's like a dog that jumps on one person after another, after another. And, and you know, it's a, uh, it's just so tough um, for, for them. You know, my heart just bleeds for the fans. Like you and I, we really want the Browns to win because it's fun. It leads to all the stuff we've had this year. And what I've loved about this team is I like the team. You know, no off-field junk. They, they're disciplined, all this stuff. And they're what I want to see in a Browns team. And I want to see that team play Pittsburgh Sunday night. And I don't know what we're going to see now. I mean, I don't think they're going to, you know, we're not going to have the worst of Freddie Kitchens of people screaming at each other on the sidelines or whatever. But that machine that had developed over 16 games, um, it just lost. If you want to talk about a train all running along the same tracks, well, the engineer has been driving the locomotive. He's out. He won't be there on game day. He may line up the, the cars in the right way and do all of those things, but he's not going to be, okay, it's, one, it's 8 o'clock in this case, Sunday night. I'm pulling the lever. Here we go. That's going to be Alex Van Pelt calling those plays. And, you know, Prefer's got to watch the big picture stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, when we, when we talk about the team itself, we got to spend some time on Joel Batonio. Yeah. Oh. Really important player, first of all. Yeah. Really important. I know we've, we've talked so much about Wyatt Teller this year and what he's meant mm-hmm. to this team, but Joel Batonio is, in my mind, this team's best offensive lineman. And he's playing in a scheme that really fits what he can do. He can get out and move. He can get out in front of runners. Uh, He's he's a really good pass blocker. I can't, as I say, no names, please. But right, you know, from the top, the Browns would agree with you that Batonio is their best guy. 
and they say part of the reason that Jedrick Wills played so well at left tackle and, and got uh, coached up real well, not only was Callahan, but Batonio during the game, you know, right there is, is, is whispering stuff to Wills all the time. You know, look out for this. And, of course, of all the games to lose Batonio against, of all the defenses, this is the worst. And this guy's gone against Cam Hayward. Yeah. I've said this a few times on the pod. This guy's gone against Cam Hayward a million times. If right. you had to choose anybody to have to go against Cam Hayward or whoever else on that Steelers D-line, this guy knows them better than anybody. And also in terms of how they do those stunts and everything, where you could say, Jedrick, don't pay attention to that. You know, look over that, watch that one. Because he's, he's looked at Steeler film, well, since 2014. And their defense has not changed appreciably uh, in that time. They're, they've always been aggressive. And they're always going to come at you from, with disguises and different angles. It doesn't matter almost who the coordinator is. That's how they play because it probably comes from out of uh, Tomlin's. Uh, uh, he's a defensive coach from, from way back when. So it's interesting, too, by the way. You know, Tomlin was on the same staff with uh, Stefanski and a couple of these other guys, too, in Minnesota way in the old days. Right. Yeah. Not, they, right, not on a human point of view. Think about this. I mean, can you imagine, you know, Stefanski, by the way, you know, he's very conscientious. I always kind of look at the personality, and I think that the players appreciate that, you know, he doesn't take blame for everything, but he takes blame for things that he knows, you know, where he did with that position. Can you imagine what he's feeling like now? Well, it, it has to feel awful. It's just devastating. Yeah. And, and just to go, I mean, to go back to Petonio on just on a personal <laughs> level, I mean, this is a guy who – seven years mm-hmm. was here in 2014 you know i remember he's he said a few times they started seven and four that year and he yeah said uh he thought winning was easy in the nfl and then that was it <laughs> that was it three and 13 one and 15 yep. oh and 16 this guy yeah, finally gets to the playoffs and oh he's got, he's got to miss his first playoff game i mean that's just all right look, all and right, the, the other thing about the, the offensive line really before we go good guy. who's playing guard Michael Dunn? No. I don't know. Nick Harris? I don't feel good about whoever's going to play there. I, I mean, I, I don't feel good about Nick Harris after the Jets well, game. I'm going to try to talk you up the ledge here for a second. Let's do the offensive line. So, Teller is okay, correct? As, <laughs> again, as, as we go well, to the yes. moment, yeah. Because he had the – what, did he have an ankle this time? Yeah, I think it was an ankle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Conklin's played well on a bad ankle all year, but he's played. Um, interestingly, um, I think uh, Pro Football Focus named uh, Conklin, was it Conklin and Batonio to their uh, all-pro team? I don't know. I didn't see it. It was either Conklin and Batonio or Conklin and Teller. I forgot which. But Batonio and Teller's grades are right up there. And what I was told is, uh, Batonio is much better in pass protection than Teller. You know, Teller is a monster in the run game. Uh, so, so there you okay. go. And, you know, the offensive line issue too. Remember they, they said that uh, is Peters the backup offensive line coach or the assistant offensive Yeah. Line? Yeah. Scott Peters. But apparently, you know, Treader's helping too. Um, I did like Kevin Stefanski's <laughs> reference to, well, it wasn't like, Treader was being Bill Russell, the player coach of the Celtics from the 60s. He must have got that one from his father because uh, <laughs> Kevin is not old enough to remember Bill Russell as player coach. I do. Um, so I, I am concerned about the offensive line because you don't – assuming you don't have Callahan there either. I mean, I just think he was he was a big part of that. Well, and, you know, again, at least with Callahan, he can be in the meetings. He can be in the, right. the game planning stuff. So so that helps. And he's lot. probably – done his zone defense against zone i'm sorry zone blocking scheme against that pittsburgh defense zillions of times so that's the thing the steelers are sort sort of tricky but in general you know what they're going to do they're coming right at you and they're going to throw the ball over the place with ben so be ready well i'll tell you what else they're going to do and i think nick harris learned this lesson against the jets it's when when you come in in the second quarter of a game and you're the third guard Mm-hmm. The team's not really ready for you. They might attack you a little bit, and they're going to go after you. But when a team knows that you're going to be the guy there or a team knows that the starter's not going to be there mm-hmm. and they can spend the entire week, especially if you're Mike Tomlin, <laughs> they can spend the entire week 
deciding this is where we're going to attack because Joel Batonio is not going to be there. It changes things. And so you can bet just like, just like they threw at Robert Jackson on Sunday, they're going to be going at whoever's at left guard all day. I'm going to ask you coach, you get to be coach Dan. Uh Okay. You've taken this over. You're, you're Alex Van Pelt here. So right now you don't have Batonio. You don't have Hodge. You probably don't have people's Jones. Um, I still think it's a cheap shot. I'll go back to that again. Is there anybody else you're missing? Let's see. Batonio, Hodge, Peoples-Jones. Um, you're still waiting to figure out what's going on with Denzel Ward. Yeah. Well, I'm Are we saying just talking offense? Offense, yeah. Let's put Nick Harris in there. I think that I think he would start over whoever that Michael Dunn guy is. Yeah. Yeah, if he's, if he's able to go, he would start if his knee's okay. All right. What kind of game are you calling here? I don't know. I'm going to rely pretty heavily on guys like Jarvis. Yeah. Um, Higgins. Yeah, try to just keep the ball. I think Mary Kay is with us. She, she'll know a lot more about this than we do. Right. So Mary Kay has just jumped in here on our, uh, on our podcast. So Mary Kay, we are recording this here. It's uh, about 1230, 1240 on um, Tuesday. Why don't you go ahead and get us all caught up? on on what you can tell us. All right, well, some of the news items involved with this are uh, the fact that Kevin Stefanski, in case anybody was wondering, cannot be involved on game day, okay? It's not like uh, he can be at home virtually calling the plays or having anything to do with the game plan on game day. That means Alex Van Pelt will be there calling the plays, Mike Prefer overseeing the process. As of right now, Joe Woods uh, coaching the defense. So that's how it will go. Uh, Kevin Stefanski is feeling fine right now. He's got no symptoms whatsoever. Uh, Now, if anybody is identified as a high risk close contact over the next, you know, like today, if any of these people are high risk, they can participate in the game. So the game is still on. There's no risk of the game being canceled right now because it is community spread. They're saying it's it's from three different strains. They've done genomic testing. It's not from inside the facility. So I'm glad you said that. I wanted to wait till you came on to to kind of bring up that topic about the game itself. Um, The NFL's in a tough spot here. Now, like you said, it's if they're deeming it community spread, they're not going to do anything. But they're in a tough spot because there's not a lot of flexibility left here if they did want to decide to move this game. You know, you're talking about what, maybe moving it to like a Monday or Tuesday, but I don't even know what that changes. So I I guess in your mind right now, knowing that the NFL has already told you that as of this moment, there's no, the game's not getting changed. Is there any chance that could change over the next three or four days even? At this point, I don't think so. The only way that that would happen is if they determine that, that there is transmission going on inside the facility. That's the only way. Okay, that that is their their criteria. So I I don't see that happening because they did the the testing on all the tests last week and found that it was the you know a community spread from three different strains. They're going to do the same kind of genomic testing on these tests that were positive today. Um, but at this point, I still think that that the game is going to go on as played on Sunday night. Oddly enough, without the head coach of the Cleveland Browns, finally, after 18 years, and they're not going to have their new amazing head coach standing on the sidelines coaching this football game. Mary Kay, do you know, is Callahan going to be there? I don't think Callahan can be there either. I mean, if you just go by the 10-day minimum, then Callahan uh, would not be able to coach in this game. However, there are some nuances to the COVID-19 protocols in that Uh, The 10-day window begins, if you're symptomatic, on the day that you start experiencing symptoms. So there is a slight chance that Callahan could be back. How much of a loss do you think him not being there would be also? I'm sorry, say that again? Uh, If you don't have Callahan and you don't have Kevin. Yep. And you know what? I I, I was just thinking about this a little while ago. He taught this team to embrace the suck. And it it really just doesn't suck much worse than this. (laughs) (laughs) Unless, unless Baker Mayfield tests positive between now and the game. And that could happen. I mean, look, his, his head coach is positive. 
his offensive line coach is positive. His left guard is positive. Okay. Now, if Baker Mayfield is a close contact today, he's okay. He can still play in the game. He meets the five-day window. But obviously, if he tests positive, uh, then he's not playing in the game. I don't think uh, Denzel Ward, he has a chance to be back. You know, we just don't know yet. It's just going to be, we're going to be in, in like major COVID hell between now and the game. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good way to put it. <laughs> COVID hell. So uh, Terry and I were talking about this. The, the one positive from this, I think, is that at the very least, because everything's virtual, because every, they aren't in the facility outside of practice. Um, Kevin Stefanski can still be involved in the game planning and the installs and things like that. Bill Callahan can still be involved in that stuff. Um, they at least will have, I guess, as normal a week as you'll have in 2020 from a coaching perspective of being in meetings, uh, going through that game planning stuff. So at least Kevin Stefanski will still be involved in all of that. Yes, he will absolutely be involved in every bit of that. And he feels fine right now. It's not, and we know that we, it's not like he's like flat on his back and, you know, worried about going to the emergency room or anything like that. The other thing that you have to think about with, with Kevin Stefanski now, in addition to everything else, of course, now he's worried about his family. He's got right. three young children. He's got, you know, his wife at home. I mean, you know, he's, he's got to be in a room alone at home, but he, but at least he will be there, uh, you know, working on this game plan with the team. And I've been told by so many people, and when I put it again in my story uh, the other day, the Stephandalorian story, that he's unflappable, that you can't rattle him. I mean, if, if this doesn't rattle him, then he is, uh, he really does have on a coat of armor because, I mean, this would rattle anybody. I mean, the other thing, Mary Kay, you know how uh, conscientious he is. And as I mentioned before, like nobody wore the mask better than he did, you know, all these other coaches. And this, from a human standpoint, and on top of it, like you said, he doesn't even feel any symptoms. Um, this comes out like only, as I've been getting emails about UFT, the only in Cleveland thing, this happens. And it's, it's not, his, yeah, it's like you can't make it up. It's, it's not, too it's, bad to hear that because yeah. these guys have worked so incredibly yeah. hard on their COVID protocols. They've gone above and beyond the call of duty. I mean, above and beyond the call of duty. So this is extremely unfortunate that it happened to them because they decided early on in the process that they were going to do COVID-19 protocols better than anybody. And they've worked really hard at it. And this is so unfortunate. Mary Kay, who's going to play guard with Batonio uh, out? No, uh, Hubbard's not there. Who, who's up? Who's in there? Well, they have Michael Dunn. They've got Nick Harris. Um, you know, they're just going to have to hope that, that one of those guys can, uh, can come through for them. What has Michael Dunn ever done? I don't mean to be sarcastic. What, I know nothing about him. I no, just, not, not a lot. I mean, he's, he's, you know, one of those guys that you call up from the practice squad and he hasn't, he doesn't have much experience. I mean, it's almost like throwing Robert Jackson in to yeah. start for Denzel Ward against the Steelers, you know, I mean, but they just have to, they just have to do the, the best that they can't and here they have to hope that none of the other offensive linemen test positive because you know that's the key you know that's one of the biggest keys in this game is that Steelers defensive front against the Browns uh, offensive line and now their best offensive lineman arguably is not playing in this game it's it's sad on so many levels yeah. for everybody yeah, Mary Kay, I wanted to ask you more about Joel. Obviously, there's the football side of it, and, and Terry and I were talking, you know, just like the Steelers attacked Robert Jackson all day on, on Sunday, they're going to attack whoever's in there at left guard all night on Sunday night. Now, it's a little different. You can offer a little help, assuming everybody's there. But just, you know, look, Joel Batonio, you know, we're, we're used to be in that locker room every day. Um, he's a guy that uh, I know we all respect in the media. He's always been good to us. Uh seems like a really good guy and has been here since 2014. I mean, just on that level, this, this is really tough. He's waited seven years for this game on Sunday and he's not going to get to play in it. I can't even believe it. I mean, I, I just can't believe it. He's, he's one of the guys that everybody was so excited for. I mean, you talked to Jarvis, you talked to everybody and, and he was just one of the guys that, that deserves this so much. I mean, you, you just can't even believe that something like this 
is happening to him. And I haven't read the quotes yet, but he did an interview with, uh, with Kaylin Kaler on the way home from the game. And I have to go find the quotes, but it seemed like he gave some really heartfelt quotes about, uh, about what this means to him. And we talked to him after the game and you could, you could tell. And Kevin Stefanski hand, you know, handed him the ball and let him talk in the locker room for a little bit because he's one of those guys that has lived through the tough times and has been a spokesperson for the team has been the face of the team has been a warrior on this team. And, you know, just a guy that plays every single game in his career. And, and for something like this to happen, it just is a sign of these COVID times that everyone in this world is having to deal with right now. Mary Kay, what do you know about Prefer? You know, he, he's coached one other game. Uh, I have to go back. I think Ellis is doing a post on that. This is all happening so fast. Well, yeah, they, one game, they lost 17 to 15 to Dallas. I looked that up. But. Yeah, so I, you know, I mean, we, we know that like, um, that like Kevin Stefanski, he's kind of a flatliner. Uh, he's seen a lot. He's done a lot. He wants to be a head coach. Mm -hmm. And so he has been preparing for a moment like this. He he wants to be interviewed for head coaching jobs. I mean, he aspires to that. He's one of those guys like a John Harbaugh that wants to come from the special team side because they have to deal with so many different kinds of players uh, from offense, defense, everything. Uh, and they get the big picture. Uh, he wants that. So he's been thinking along those lines. So this is a chance for him. This is a chance for him uh, to step up and hold it all together and to oversee the process and to try to go win a, a playoff game. Um, I mentioned earlier, Dorsey said to me, not long after he was hired as a casual conversation, he did think pre for one day could be a head coach. You know, it wasn't like press conference to make it look good. Cause I said, what about him? And he said, you know, he has all that naval leadership stuff. He said, I really think, and he mentioned what you did too, that there is a history of some head uh, special teams coaches doing well. Um, so uh, that's a, that's a thought, but my goodness, to be tossed into this. Yeah. I mean, and this, <laughs> is a this is a tough gig and this is a tough gig. Fortunately, uh, you know, like if shadow, if Chad O'Shea comes back, I think that will really help. He tested positive last Wednesday. So from the 10 day standpoint, he might be able to be back. Depends on symptoms, depends on all kinds of things like what that. He receiver, but, I forgot. What does he do? Um, Chad O'Shea is, is passing game coordinator and, um, and, um, and wide receivers coach. So, you know, he, he has Super Bowls. He has multiple Super Bowl rings. He knows what it takes to, you know, to be in a big game like this and, and to win it. He knows Wasn't that. He offensive coordinator somewhere? He was, uh, yes, he was the Dolphins offensive coordinator last year. At least I got a couple so, guys of experience. Yeah, so, yes, absolutely. So he, the moment's not going to be too big for him. Hopefully for them, they can get him back. They need guys like that. They need guys like that that can kind of help hold down the fort on Sunday night because it's going to be crazy. It's going, this is going to be insane. Kelly Brownson, I mean, she, she already coached the receivers uh, the other day. So she's going to have another big role in this game. She's been instrumental in trying to hold everything together throughout the craziness of 2020. So yeah, it, it's, it's going to be nuts. So Mary Kay, there's a few more questions I want to ask you, Terry, these might get a little repetitive. You need to jump off. Uh, you, you certainly can. Uh, but I, I want to ask about the receiver situation. I want to ask about the play call situation. Um, wide receiver, Kadero Hodge will be out. He's a guy that's been sort of the third or fourth guy most of the season. Um, the other element to this, Mary Kay, is we don't know Donovan Peoples-Jones' status yet. He's in concussion protocol, and we know how difficult that can be to turn around out of the concussion protocol and play the next week. Uh, so we'll probably get a better idea of that on Wednesday or Thursday. But, um, you know, Jarvis, Rashard Higgins, this receiver situation gets a little bit dicey without Hodge and maybe without Peoples-Jones. Yeah, I mean, there you have it. Once again, they're going to be down to – you know, the, you know, the Jamarcus Bradleys and the Derek Willies trying to come through and play in this, in this big, enormous football game. And, you know, we know you were on these Zoom calls yesterday, Dan, these guys are talking about the Super Bowl. Okay. They didn't just <laughs> yeah. want to get to the playoffs. Once they got to the dance, they wanted to advance and continue on. So this wasn't just like, oh, we've arrived. No, these guys wanted to win this game and try to keep going. So now, as you mentioned, key members of the offense are out. 
Harrison Bryant, we don't even know if he's going to be back yet. Kaderil Hodge, out for this game. Donovan Peoples-Jones, iffy for this game. Joel Batonio, out for this game. And they just have to hope that it stops there, okay? But with the way things have been going, I can't honestly say I feel confident in any way, shape, or form that it is going to stop here, okay? I just don't feel good about it. Uh, I, I think there's a really good chance that there are going to be more positives between now and the game based on everything this team has been through for the past two weeks. Mary Kay, it's a very human question. It's somebody, you know, you grew up here just like I did and Dan and follow the team. And if anybody, you know, you've got the, uh, the stripes of having been through all this stuff. When you first heard Stefanski tested positive, you thought what? You know what I was actually, I was on the phone working on a feature story for this week. Okay. So today is, um, today is sort of an off day from availability for us. So it's, it's a day for all of us that are on this beat to try to catch up, to do some enterprise and to try to, to do some nice stories for this big, enormous playoff game. So that's what I was doing at the time. I was on the phone working on, um, on what I thought was going to be a pretty cool feature story. And so I was a little bit late to get the texts. I mean, I finally, I got, you know, the PR director was like, where are you? What are you doing? And then Dan called me and he was like, Hey, I just texted that Kevin's not coaching in the game. So I was blown away about it. I was on the phone trying to work on a feature story when this hit. So, um, I was absolutely, absolutely shocked. I was, I was shocked and stunned. This is huge. I can't believe Cleveland waited 18 years to get into the playoffs. I know. And now they don't have their their head coach for the game. But let's just say this. They still have a lot of good players that are playing in this football game as of right now. And they still have a chance to go beat the Steelers. They still have Nick Chubb. They still have Kareem Hunt. They still have... They still have Baker Mayfield. They still have Baker Mayfield and Jarvis Landry and Richard Higgins. Okay. They still have a lot of, you know, Pro Bowl players left. Jack Conklin, you know, they, they still have, you know, Wyatt Teller in this game. So I, I don't think anybody should throw in the towel right now and say, forget it. They can't win this game. It's over. They might even get Denzel Ward back. Denzel Ward might come back. From the 10 day standpoint, he at least has a chance. So it's not time for the sky to fall just yet. It's going to be hard. It was already going to be hard. Okay. Right. I've written, I wrote for today, some of the statistics of they haven't won in Pittsburgh since 2003. So absolutely 100%. uh, This is a a difficult, difficult uh, situation, but not impossible, not impossible. Hey, so I want to do some housekeeping here. Um, as, as we're recording this, I'm looking through our uh, football insider text folks and, and seeing what they're what they're asking in response to all of this and some questions they have. So um, the close contact thing, okay, this is really important. So I think we should explain this. And and you texted this out. I'm not sure if you've tweeted it out or not yet, but if there are close contacts identified today, they would be able to play on Sunday. And so some people are asking, okay, if that's the case, why would they be allowed to play on Sunday when a few weeks ago the Browns lost a bunch of guys for the Jets game? So just to clarify for everybody, if you're having that question, because we've had some people ask us that, that contact with those guys happened on Friday or Saturday of the game. So that window was slammed shut. Those guys weren't even able to return to the team until the following Thursday. Um, It's about when the contact happens, and in this case, if they identify as close contacts today – they would be able to play on Sunday. Do I have that correct, Mary Kay? Yes, you have that correct. And that's vitally important because if we hear six more names added to the COVID-19 reserve list today and, and the sky does seem like it's going to fall and Baker's on the list or something, you know, I'm not saying he is. I'm just saying that if he was uh, as a close contact today, he would be able to play in the game, okay? So what they just need to hope for is no more new positives and I wish I could say again that I'm confident that's going to happen. Right now I'm not, but we shall see. And the other, the other piece of this, I, I just, I guess I, I kind of want your guys' opinions on this. 
you know, the NFL has been pretty steadfast in all of this. They have said they're not canceling games unless, you know, they're spread in the facility. Um, I know a lot of people like to cite the Ravens, but I keep coming back to this. And Terry, you and I talked about this, I think it was last week. Ravens didn't have 10 players and had to start RG3 in that game. So the league wasn't exactly bending over backwards for that. I believe they had 23 positive tests or something at one point. Right. So, right. I mean, it was a, it was, you, you couldn't even get enough people on the field. But, but considering this is a playoff game, I, I just wonder, does there come a point where the NFL maybe does have to look in the mirror and say, should we pump the brakes for this? Or is that just not possible at this point? Or are, are we just too far into this for the NFL to be able to say, you know what, it's the playoffs now. Let's kind of adjust our thinking on this. I want to go there, but let me just say, the NFL doesn't pump the brakes. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say. The NFL is like some bulldozer that just rolls along and remember like in march when everything was we're having free agency and then remember when the draft came we're drafting now you know they they said they wiped out the preseason but they said we're starting opening day and they did and so i guess you know i forgot whether you or mary kay mentioned it could be a day or two but you know how much that helps i don't know mary kay you're more tuned into this but i'm just looking at the way they've operated all year you know, if they had to have Roger Goodell on his couch doing the draft, they were going to do it. Absolutely, 100%. And they've gotten to this point, and they feel pretty proud that they've gotten to the playoffs with no interruption of the season, without having to postpone the playoffs. And so the formula that they arrived upon is, is what they're going to stick with for now. They're not going to change it up now. There's no way um, that, they, that they're going to do that. They've gotten to this point. And they're shocked that they've gotten to this point without being in a bubble. I mean, we all knew this was going to be hard without being in a bubble. But somehow they got to this point and they are not going to change it now. And I'll tell you what, if they, if they get to Super Bowl Sunday and Tom Brady's in the Super Bowl and he can't play in the Super Bowl, the game is going to be played that day as long as there's nobody at a health risk. By the way, Mary Kay, did you know if uh, the Steelers, have they gotten anything? Have you heard anything out of Pittsburgh? Well, um, not necessarily from their game against the Browns. Um, we haven't heard anything about any tracing situation from yeah, there. Or, or, they or have injuries or just, you know, no more Browns fans are hoping. Can they be without some of their guys? Well, they are without a few yeah. that might not be able to play in the game, including Joe Hayden, Eric Ebron, and Cassius March. We don't know if those guys are going to be back or not. I think Joe Hayden would be a big loss for those guys because it brings them down into their depth in their secondary. And you've got, I mean, Baker Mayfield will take advantage of those situations. So I would think that, uh, you know, that he, you know, he, he would be a huge loss if he can't play. Yeah. And not having Vernon, that was a big thing that happened yesterday. It got obliterated by the news today, but Vernon had played so well in the last eight games. Okay. Yeah. I Oh, go ahead, Mary Kay. I was going to say, I think Olivier Vernon uh, being out for the Browns is akin to Bud Dupree being out for the Steelers. It's your second best pass rusher and a guy who brings uh, Bud had eight sacks. Olivier has nine. And uh, it, it's a huge loss to lose that guy because then you can obviously give more attention to Miles Garrett. No. But yeah, that, that was another that was another big blow. Okay, I don't, I don't want to keep you guys too much longer, obviously. I mean, Mary Camp's sitting here watching you look at your yeah. phone. I know we're, uh, we're keeping you here. Uh, but uh, the, the one last thing we got to talk about, and Terry and I touched on this a little bit earlier, is the play calling aspect of this. Because you don't just lose your head coach, you lose your play caller. That's going to fall to Alex Van Pelt. Fingers crossed that Alex Van Pelt doesn't pop up on a, a positive test here in, in the next few days. What changes with Alex Van Pelt? You know, just to give you an idea of what Terry and I talked about, it was just sort of, you've got this rhythm between Stefanski and Baker Mayfield, and those two have grown so much together as that play caller quarterback combination. And, you know, even if Alex Van Pelt can call the same plays and, and do it a lot of the same ways, you do lose something if it's not Stefanski making those calls. Yeah. And just so you know, I, I, kind of reworked things here a little bit and bought myself another 20 minutes before I have to do a radio show. So, <laughs> so, um, so I have a little bit of time here. Um, but, but yeah, it, it's, um, it's, it's vastly different if you don't have your play caller who has been calling plays for you the entire year. I mean, Kevin Stefanski is aggressive. He goes for it on fourth down 
all the time. Uh, you know, you think about it. He, he has the experience of, you know, end of game and two minute and four minute drill and all that situational stuff. He has called it in the moment. And it's been a long time since Alex Van Pelt has called plays. Okay? 2009, right? Yes. And, no, and that, that's a long, I didn't know it was that long, far. Ugh. Yeah, that's a long time ago. Things have changed since then. This offense is different. Kevin Stefanski, you know, called this offense uh, last year in Minnesota. He knows the nuances of, he knows the nitty gritty of it. Okay. Uh, and even just things like giving Baker Mayfield the ball on the third and two to end the game. Those are in the heat of the moment decisions that you have to make. And he's not gonna, going to be there to do that. And th this is going to be a tall, tall order uh, for Alex Van Pelt to have to go out there uh, in, in the biggest game that for the Cleveland Browns since 1994. Okay. The other, the other thing, Mary Kay too, that I was really impressed because I was, I can't remember where you were on this. Like when first was that Stefanski was going to call plays. I had all the uh, ghosts of previous, especially first year coaches or whatever, trying to call plays and be head coach and not thinking it's going to work at all. And it was, it's very clear where he had Callahan and Pe Van Pelt and all these guys around them. They had a system working there where we didn't see any misfires where it looked like they weren't ready for the plays or things weren't going. They had it operating really well. And, you know, now of course that's not there. Well, I was always uh, on board with Kevin Stefanski calling his own place. I felt like he could and should do it. And I, I was very adamant about that okay. uh, because you know he's the one that knows what he wants and he called it last year. So I felt that that was important that he should do it. Uh, and it. And it worked out really well. I think you can do it if you are super smart and capable and you surround yourself with the right people. And he did that. He had senior offensive advisors. He had Bill Callahan there. He had Alex Van Pelt there. Uh, he had, you know, different people helping to prepare the game plan and different people in the headset. It, it wasn't a situation with like Pat Shermer in his first year where he did not have mm -hmm. a senior offensive advisor helping him. He didn't have Brad Childress that year with him. And he just tried to do it all on his own. And that's too much to ask for a first time head coach. But Kevin had what he needed around him and the absolute experience and intelligence to be able to do it. And he's done a great job. Okay. Um, I, I guess I, I want to wrap up on this. Um, this news hits Terry, you're getting the only in Cleveland emails. There's, yeah. there's always that feeling when bad news hits on Twitter, that doom, right. For any fan base, but especially here. You see that news on Twitter and it's just instant doom, right? Doom and gloom. Right. Oh, I, nice fact, I even wrote in my column that they should hire Browns fans to work in the defense department to put up those doomsday scenarios. You know how they always have those guys <laughs> in a back room locked up. What could go wrong that nobody thought of? Well, here's, here's, what, here's what we're going to do. Oh, no, gonna do. I thought you had some other bad news. You don't have anything else, do you? No, no, no. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to try and make everybody before they turn this podcast <laughs> off, feel better about something. Right. We're going to, we're going to make them feel better that they're not going to tune into Sunday to see like the Browns funeral, that there's a chance. And so we're, so here, let's sell them. You know, I'll make a case. Terry makes a case. Mary Kay makes it. Give me some, some reason why, yes, this is bad. We're not going to downplay this. They're going to be without Kevin Stefanski. They're starting left guard. Uh, Kadero Hodge, maybe DPJ. We'll see how that concussion protocol goes. This is going to be this is going to be hard. But give Browns fans, I guess, some reason for hope. All right, I'll start. I'll start, and I will sign off. All right. The Steelers lost to the Bengals, did they not? Yeah. Once in a while, Ben has a game where he just starts throwing the ball to the other team or looks disinterested. No. That could, and he is old, and, you know, he's taken some shots. If Ben starts turning the ball over, and he has at times, that flips the game towards the Browns. And then they still have your client, Kareem Hunt, I mean, uh, Kareem Hunt, and they have, you know, they still have Baker, and they got my client, Rashard Higgins, and they got, they got Jarvis, they got Baker. Um, they can run a ball control game on offense. Ben's having just a sloppy game, which he does sometimes for the Steelers, 
yep, you pull the upset. And Mike Prefer suddenly gets five coaching job <laughs> interviews. So there you go. All right. There's Terry's case. <laughs> Mary Kay? I'm, I'm just going to say the pro bowlers that are left standing right now. The pro bowlers that are left standing, There's a there are a lot of really good football players on this team that are still up for this game. And there, as I mentioned before, a chance that Denzel can come back. So you've got Miles Garrett that can go out there and help wreck the game. Denzel might be able to come back. You've got on offense, you've got Jarvis, Nick, Kareem, and Jack Conklin that, that are pro bowl players. And Baker Mayfield has been playing so much better and Austin Hooper. So there's five offensive pro bowlers and, and Baker Mayfield has gotten a lot better. He's, he's a different quarterback than he was that lost 38 to seven in Pittsburgh. So I, I think those are the reasons why Browns fans can say as of right this moment, the sky is not falling. They still have the talent that can go into Pittsburgh and win this football game. And my reason is I, I, there's, there's structure here, right? There's a structure to this team and this organization that Kevin Stefanski has brought. He's going to be in meetings. He's going to be there for the game planning. He could script out that first 15. He can do all of those things. What you're going to miss is Kevin Stefanski on game day, but everything between now and game day, you're going to have Kevin Stefanski. You're going to have the coaches that need to be involved, involved. And if you can just get to the game with a really sound game plan, telling Mike Prefer, this is how we're going to do it. I'm sure you got some analytics guy in the booth that is going to be helping Mike Prefer out too. Um, this is how we're going to do it. These are the decisions we're going to make. Alex, this is how we're going to call this game. You could pull this off as long as you don't have more positive tests and as long as you don't lose more guys. You know, Kevin Stefanski isn't going to be MIA for the next however many days. He's going to be around and he's going to be part of the game planning process at least. So they can maybe set this up to where things can still run smoothly on Sunday and, you know, see what happens. Absolutely. Right. I mean, there we go. Yep. Preach it. It's By Friday, we're all going to be picking the Browns. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> well, maybe, and maybe, Hey, they, maybe they haven't tested the Steelers yet. Look, there's always that chance, too. Maybe there, there's going to be stuff that pops up on the Steelers side. Maybe this whole game is just going to be about attrition and everything's just going to be a mess. I saw while we were talking that, that Mike Tomlin ha has tested negative, even though he, he had a little uh, encounter with Kevin Stefanski during the game. Okay. There we go. But still, got to monitor what's happening uh, over there as well throughout the week. Okay, uh, Mary Kay and Terry, I appreciate you guys for jumping on so quick in a pinch. I know it was a, a little messy, but that's what happens when there's breaking news. So uh, make sure you check out Football Insider, because if you are a text subscriber, you got all this stuff texted to you right away. Um, you got analysis from a bunch of us texted, breaking news, all of that stuff. So head to cleveland.com slash Browns, click on that blue banner at the top of the page, because you don't want to miss anything else coming down the pipeline. Uh, for Terry and Mary Kay, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening.